Other horns don't. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. The Southwest State plays football. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let the fucking play against them. And make us ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, covered by Bama Hammer. Tom, last Saturday, the tide traveled to Oxford, and it looks like Admiral Agbar was right. It was a trap. Man, it was a trap. This was, you know, this was the first true test for this Alabama football team. On the road, ESPN game day, still fairly new quarterback. And uh, when the pressure was on, they just didn't have the killer instinct. No, I agree. I think the pressure, I expected the pressure to really uh, land on Old Miss. This was a, a big game, a big setting, a big situation, which their program historically is not used to. I expected we would come in and just, you know, do what we do. Uh, every game for us is a big game. Everyone gives us their best. But uh, it seems that... Uh, a little bit of role reversal. Ole Miss seemed a little more, uh, at least at stages of the game. It was it was sort of a, a slugfest and a defensive struggle at times. It just seemed when when the play needed to be made, it was Ole Miss making it. You know, it, it was toward the end of the game, okay, but it but it wasn't at the beginning and in the middle. And and I got to go back to Mike DeBose. I know there's been plenty of head coaches that have said three or four plays make a game. Sure. Um, he wasn't the only one that has said it, but I couldn't stomach myself to go back and watch this whole game. Okay. We had already watched the whole thing. Couldn't stomach myself to go back and see every single play and, and rewind it five times play like we do. But I did have to go back to the third and fourth quarter. And I specifically said, what about those drives where we were deep in their territory and we couldn't put our foot on their throat? And so allow me just to quickly talk about the first series of the second half. We have got the ball. We are driving. Yeldon proceeds to have a big rush for 10 yards to the 50-yard line. I'm sorry. He rushes for five, then 10 yards to the 50. Then he rushes another seven. After a couple Derrick Henry rushes, you know, Blake Sims completes a third pass to Amari. We got first and 10 at the 24. Okay. You're up 14 to three on the road. It's time to take the crowd out of the game. You got first and 10 at the 24. Your quarterback has done pretty well. He's like 11 of 16 and your running back has already rushed for a hundred yards. And, and now you have just taken five, the first five minutes off the game clock to start the second half. Right? How many times do coaches talk about the first five minutes of the game and the first five minutes of the third quarter? Right? Are huge. Yep. And yep. so, yep. when so 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 then we're sitting here first and ten at the twenty-four, and Blake Sims, we we try to, we're pounding them up the middle, and we try to go, go do a zone read, and Blake Sims basically tries to do too much, and he loses four yards. Then on the next play. Uh, it's second and I'm sorry, he lost six yards, second and 16. Now he proceeds to throw the ball at the feet of OJ Howard. Then on third down and 16, we call a screen. They read it. 
there's nobody to throw the ball to because Amari Cooper's down the field blocking for TJ Yeldon to get the screen. And Blake Sims loses another four yards. And we proceed to miss a 51-yard field goal with eight minutes left in the third quarter. That, to me, was the turning point of this ballgame. Right there, you get no points on the board. Yeah. You've got them on the ropes. <sighs> Go ahead. Well, I, I, I'm just jumping in to agree with you. I, I'm, I would be cautious at how much of that I would put at the, at the, at the feet, uh, I guess no pun intended, of, of Blake Sims. Obviously, if he had connected that pass. But I just think we turtled on our play calling. I think if we continue to, to just pound the ball, uh, you know, we had a stretch there where we had great success running uh, to the left behind uh, Kim Robinson, and, and it, we just seemed to go away from that. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, if you want to sprinkle in a pass, I get it, but okay, now let's go back uh, to our bread and butter. If we want to get fancy on our next drive, you know, when we're up 21 to 7, then, you know, 21 to 3 or, you know, whatever the score was there, uh, when we've really extended uh, the lead, then I think that's where we do it. But you've driven the field running the ball, you put it in the end zone running the ball. Well, now let me be clear. They've completed five passes on that drive up until this point, seven runs, okay, because CBS broke down the play distribution at that point. And last time we did a podcast, I gave a praise to Blake Sims. I'm not putting this sure. loss on Blake Sims. I'm putting those no, three no, plays no. on Blake Sims. I am putting those three okay. plays on Blake Sims, and I'm putting them right on the toes of his, t- of his cleats because on the zone read – just fall to the ground at line of scrimmage. Don't take a loss. And then on that third down play, don't take another loss of six yards. He comes off the field. Nick Saban holds two fingers up to him, and you can read his mouth. He said, your two plays just cost me a field goal. And Gary Danielson says it right after Saban does. So my point is, you got first and 10 at the 24. Adam Griffith makes a 41-yard field goal. Now you're up 17 to three. You keep the pressure on. Right, you get a hopefully a long kickoff. You make them drive the length of the field. Instead, you give them all the momentum. So yes, on those three plays, when he came off the sideline, Gary Danielson said it best. He said something to the fort about being a game manager. He said being a game manager is so critical. And right there, he didn't do it or something. And so yes, a new quarterback five games into being a starter, which is why he's a new quarterback. Right, that right there, that little series, a third year senior. a guy who's been playing like our past quarterbacks for two or three seasons doesn't make those mistakes on those three plays. I, yeah, they don't cost I think us a field goal. They don't cost us a field goal by taking 10 loss, 10 loss yards on two plays is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. I, that, that's fair. I'm not a big fan of some of the play calling, you know, there. And, and maybe it's just the zone read that I don't like. And, and there's something about um, – you know, and I'll say this, and you know what I mean. There's something about running the zone read against the zone read team. We do it because you know we have a quarterback that can do it, and we can sprinkle it in. And it's not really who we are, but it's something that we can do. Uh, Ole Miss is a little bit, you know, I'm not pigeonholing them and you know saying that they're just zone read, you know, kind of like Ohio State was a couple of years ago. But uh, but they do quite a lot of that type of you know mobile running quarterback you know, moving the ball around in that way. It just seems that that's the wrong team to try to get that kind of clever with because 
you know, that's that's the play they can make in their sleep. They see, they've seen it in practice since August. Oh, sure. And 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 I agree with you. The play calling was was I didn't love the play calling there either. I'm just saying if it's not there, okay, if it's not there, just throw the ball away on third down instead of losing four more yards. And on first down, if the zone read wasn't there because they had too many guys that you couldn't block them all, then just fall to the ground. Take a loss of one yard instead of five yards on first down. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. And, yeah. And, and and to your point, we've been effectively running the ball on those last four plays, three, sorry, last five plays, three by TJ Yeldon and two by Derrick Henry. Play action pass would have been a great call on that first down instead of that zone. See, there you go. I'll, I'll go with that, right? Because that's a play call that's sort of integrated into uh, what you're doing and, and what you're having success with. You know, you mentioned the two running backs, TJ Yeldon at one point, you know, we looked up and we were surprised to see that he had topped a hundred yards because it just didn't feel like we uh, were having a hundred yard, you know, running performance. Uh, you know, we also talked about Henry and, uh, and, and I'll call it his tentativeness, uh, running the ball. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, on that particular series, he had two five-yard runs back-to-back. But all in all, I think uh, I think we definitely, you know, I don't know if it's still the shoulder or, or what's causing him to to run a little tentative because there was nobody on that defense tattooing every you know anybody. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall over myself in love with this defense like like some people are after this game. I mean, they they played okay, but when you have a 100-yard rusher at the start of the third quarter, you're not doing all that. And so sure. I wish we would have had a Kenyon Drake to come in at that point and, and spell T.J. Yeldon because T.J. Yeldon had just gained 22 yards on three straight carries, and he came out because he was a little tired. His, he finished 20 carries for 124 yards, whereas Derrick Henry only had 17 for 52 yards. So uh, his average was 2.2. I'm sure you and I could go back and see that as his lowest average in an Alabama uniform. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. His his numbers were uh, were a little subpar. He just you know, and he he has some nimbleness, uh, which is very impressive for his size. But I you know he looked to rely too much on that. There's you know when you're when you're running in a phone booth. And you're 240 pounds. Sometimes you just have to lower your shoulder and take what's yours. And he he seemed to want to be a little more upright and a little more dancy than uh, just lowering a shoulder and and uh, tattooing someone back. Uh, I like the Ole Miss defense. I think they have some really good uh, parts and pieces, and they certainly have a number of players that we were really uh, after in the recruiting process. You know, they don't have the numbers necessarily. But uh, I, I thought that uh, at it, it parts, at stages of the game, they played uh, they played very very well. But yeah, they didn't necessarily have a headhunter out there that was you know that was taking names all day long. But uh, it seemed that Henry could have won, could have run with a little more want to. Well, we finished with 400 yards of offense. We had 75 plays, which means they couldn't get us off the field. We averaged over five yards a play. There, there wasn't anything dominating by their performance. I, I would argue our play calling getting too conservative and cutesy and some mis-execution by a non-seasoned quarterback, all of that sprinkled in together is what really did us in because we had three times that we had the ball inside their 25-yard line in the third and beginning of fourth quarter, and we came away with three points. 
You don't yeah. you don't go you don't come into a second half up fourteen to three on the road against a you know somebody who you haven't lost to in ten years and have three drives inside the twenty five and come away with just three points. Well, and that's fair. You can't do that, and you've demonstrated you know uh, by driving the ball down there that you can move the ball that you can beat them. You know you're right. We did put up over four hundred yards of offense, which. It's it's kind of ironic for us to to you know that is a big number, but relative to our last five or six games, that is a low number. Uh, right. That's kind of fun. To think. It's a, at least fun to think about. But when you juxtapose it with our defensive play, and and we've been a little frustrated with our defense. You know, we held them to about 105 yards in the first half. Correct. That is a good defensive performance. Uh, you know, if you like, there's a couple of different ways I want to go here, right? But you know, when you look at you know, we had 13 offensive possessions and punted six times. That's a horrible ratio. You know, they only had 14 possessions. Uh, that includes the, you know, the one at the end of the game where the time ran out. And, uh, you know, they had actually two possessions at the end of halves. So one at the end of the first half where there was really no time for them to do anything with and another possession at the end of the game where really they were just kneeling the ball. So if you really want to discount their 14 possessions down to 12 possessions, they had six punts as well. And so they punted, you know, as many times. And if you discount the two and a half uh, possessions, you know, their ratio was just a tad bit higher. So what this game reminds me of, and I really say this to, to, to say the next point, and it really builds on, you know, what you said. You drive the ball inside the 20 and you walk away with three points and you do that three times. You know, I almost sat up in bed last night with the thought that this game reminds me of the score's a little bit different, the opponent's a little bit different, but there's elements of this game that very much remind me of the 2011 LSU game when they came to Tuscaloosa and they won that game. Uh, the defense has played uh, very, very well in that game. We drove the field. You know, we even put, we even made a big to do uh, on our podcast at the time and put up some graphics on uh, on the website. We just missed field goals. And this was the type of game where both defenses uh, played well and you get into the red zone and, you know, you get pushed back, you make bad plays, uh, it, you know, penalties or a sack, you give away yardage and you miss field goals. Those are the games you said it, you know, deserve to lose. I, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. This feels like a game where when you have every opportunity to score, you can't, uh, you know, you can't piss it away. And if you just make those field goals, much less convert one of them, one of them into a touchdown, but you just make uh, those two field goals, and it's at least a tie game at the end, which I think gives the game a little more personality. And in, in a fact, I'll say this, if you add those three points at the stages of the game where you would have gotten them, you would have contribu- contributed to demoralizing Ole Miss because they scored two touchdowns on two of their last three possessions. Uh, you know, so they were really fighting there at the end. If you had scored those points earlier on, uh, I think maybe you demoralize them a little bit. If you get a, if you, first of all, you should have got a touchdown, but if you just, the way you came out of the second half, right, it's the way you script it in the locker room. But if you, I mean, you're sitting there just driving it down their throat. I'm sorry. You know, Yeldon's, you know, just, just going back to this real quick for, you know, for everybody, you know, first and 10 at the 35 on play four. Okay. Um, well, Blake Sims completes his first two out of the halftime. And then TJ Yeldon, five yards. TJ Yeldon, 10 yards. TJ Yeldon, seven. Derrick Henry, five. Derrick Henry, five. Come on. I mean, you've got five runs in a row there where you have just gained 32 yards on five carries. 
That's six yards of carry. You're just blowing them up, and you're at the 24-yard line. And so, you know, I, I really I think keep running, keep running. I, I just, I, I just think that to your point, if you just get a field goal there, which is where I am going to hang those couple plays on Blake Sims on those couple plays, because had he just not taken that loss of 10 yards, it's a 41 yarder. It's 17 to three. Now we try to pin them back. Now Bo Wallace starts to feel the pressure, right? Who knows what happens there, right? So, Hey, another thing I want to go to is I do want to go to the um, I do, I do want to go to the loss of Kenyon Drake because going back yeah. to your Derrick Henry point, um, Kenyon Drake only got to be in there for a couple plays, but of course they were, they were electric as always. Um, you know, that was a gruesome, um, uh, Joe Theismann like injury, uh, the way we saw what we saw, uh, during the game. Um, I think not having him in there with Derrick Henry being so tentative, um, really hurt us because, had we had an, another ball carrier who could have gotten 10 carries for his usual, you know how we do it, right? The first guy gets sure. 20 carries for over 100 yards. The second guy gets 10 carries for seven yards a carry. Had we just had that second guy to carry that load, I think it changes the complexion of this ball game. Or, or, or real quick, or real quick, just feed TJ Yeldon 10 more times. I can also argue well, that if Derrick Henry didn't have it, let his other ass be a workhorse and just make TJ Yeldon carry it 30 times in that ball game. Yeah, I think we could have given it to uh, uh, to TJ a couple more times. I mean, I, I wonder, and I only wonder, uh, if Tyron Jones had been available, would he, would he have gotten some carries? And I wonder at some point, why don't you just put Alty Tenpenny in and at least give him a couple of carries? Uh, maybe see if maybe see if he's got a hot hand. And so there's a reason there. Uh, that that we'll never know, but the loss of Drake, I don't want to pave over that. The loss of Drake, I think, is is pretty significant, especially given how how we've seen him be dynamic. We've seen, you know, uh, I'll call it the Kiffin effect in getting him out of the doghouse, and not just out of the doghouse, but getting him integrally involved in our offense. You know, we saw it to open the game against Florida, just how dynamic he can be with his speed and space. Uh, and the options that that, give us, that that can give us. And then obviously we've seen him running the ball out of the backfield. I think that he brings a lot of versatility that we're going to miss uh, in our offense. And, and to think that, uh, you know, to speculate that his loss in the game and, and you know, and I've, I've, I've kind of confronted this, that's why I say it this way, to think that his loss in this game had no impact or no bearing on the outcome of the game, I think it's just, that's just faulty logic. Do I think we should have still won despite his injury? Yes. For oh, all sure. the stuff we just said a minute ago, we still should have won despite his injury, but I can't remember who said this and I'm going to steal it from, but I read somewhere where somebody was referring to Kenyon Drake after this loss as one of the quickest players what did he say? He said the acceleration that he has gotten to by his fourth or fifth step is as quick as few he's seen in college football. That sure. just that sure. just where he gets on that fourth and fifth step and, and how he's able to build up his acceleration is is huge. And so I hate it for the right. kid because the kid has overcome a lot and um and I wish him a speedy recovery and 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 I, I really I really think that um you know one of 
Lane Kiffin being able to use him in so many different uh, interchangeable ways uh, will be missed. Hey, one other thing I want to mention to you is Blake Sims came out of the first half and he was 10 out of 15. And Bo Wallace was 6 out of 16. So Bo Wallace wasn't even completing 30, 40% of his passes in the first half. Right. And so he hadn't even thrown but for 60 or 70 yards. I was surprised when I went and looked back at the stats at the end of the game that so Blake Stem started 10 of 15. He finished 19 of 31. So he, he only completed about 50% of his passes on, on in the second half. Um, were you surprised that we didn't try to get, you know, we, we knew they were going to, we knew they were going to use Deandre white as a decoy. Okay. But were you surprised that we really didn't try to get some other guys involved in the passing game? I was really surprised when I went back to see OJ Howard as your second leading pass catcher with three receptions, but Chris black had two and Chris John Jones had one. I'm just surprised we, we didn't get our Darius Stewart involved. Um, I'm just surprised we didn't get some of the other receivers involved in this ball game. It, yeah, I am almost dumbfounded, you know, by that. We talked about the running backs and not bringing some of them in were potentially could, uh, especially with uh, with some injury there. I, I am dumbfounded that we're not seeing, uh, uh, especially our area Stewart. I, I kind of, especially with you know DeAndre White, uh, DeAndre White, you know, injured, uh, you know, tentative. He's he's he is playing more as a decoy. Uh, while we're not seeing our Darius, uh, clearly he's on special teams, so it's not an injury. Or, or work to Chris Black a little bit more. Uh, you know, in the preseason, I would have bet Cam Sims uh, was going to redshirt, but we've seen him, and so now that he can't redshirt, why is he not out there? Uh, and, and at least he's someone that's fast, that's healthy, that's big. I, I'm kind of dumbfounded that we're not going to uh, some of those guys. I mean, go to Christian Jones more. You know, it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be one of the guys that we don't understand why he's not playing. Just go to some of the guys that are playing more. Go to Chris Black more. Go to, um, you know, go to go to some of the other guys. It it is surprising that, uh, uh, you know, and Amar had a decent day. He's been putting up sort of world class days, but you know, he had nine catches for ninety one yards. That's not a bad day for an Alabama wide receiver. So, it's not a bad day at all, but to your point, if you know DeAndre White is hurt and the coaches know he really probably shouldn't even be out there, then Chris Black needs more than two catches. Chris John Jones needs more than – I mean, I'll, I'll just tag on what you just said. There's no way your other fifth-year – you got you got two fifth-year seniors. There's no way Chris John Jones should have one catch for 17 yards in that ballgame. None whatsoever. Yeah. Figure yeah. out so you know that you know that play that they put him in the backfield and they sweep the ball around to him or excuse me yep. he runs out in the flats and they throw the ball to him. Yep. We haven't seen that play all season, but I just felt like that. I I felt like Ole Miss was intent on saying Cooper's going to get his hundred yards passing, but nobody else is going to. You know, in other words, we're gonna, we're going to sh- we're going to stay on Cooper and we're going to make sure Cooper doesn't do his world class. And if he gets his hundred, we can't stop that. But we're just gonna we're just gonna worry about him. And I just don't feel like we checked off to other wide receivers and and uh, and tried to get enough guys involved. Like, did you ever see us do a four or five wide in the game? No, I, I 
certainly not five. I don't think four. We ran a lot of bunch formations. Uh, you know, maybe our our mindset was to try to just pound them. But then at times when we started to pound them, we didn't continue to pound them. Uh, and so yeah. we kind of let off, but we left a bunch of personnel in, which kept us from being able to maybe go four wides and, and stress, uh, stress their backfield, uh, defensive backfield. So, you know, those are the types of things that, frankly, I just didn't understand with, with some of the play calling. You know, one, you know, and so I'm kind of, you know, down on our play calling. I do want to call out one play called that you and I both were phenomenal, uh, or we thought was phenomenal, and, uh, and certainly the cameraman was was juked out as well. But uh, when Blake scored his touchdown, uh, you know, he faked a handoff and then, you know, kind of ran around the edge. Uh, that was a that was a very impressive play. Uh, I was disappointed that we tried to bring that play back uh, just, uh, you know, a series or two later. You know, you get one of those, that wide open on that kind of run, you get maybe a couple of those a month. <laughs> you don't get two in a ball game. No, you don't. Give me what your take was on Ryan Kelly. I don't think Bozeman did bad. We obviously had to burn a couple timeouts right after Bozeman came in. But the uh, the timing of Kelly going out also, you know, I know some people are going to say, oh, you're just going to make excuses. Well, you still got a fairly new quarterback, and he loses his center on the road in the second half. That's also going to cause some problems. Yeah, I mean, there's excuses and there are reasons. Uh, and, and if you're a suit with, with really what's going on, you can, you can discern the difference. And so you got Denzel Washington, a starting, or, you know, Denzel Duvall rather, <laughs> uh, you know, a starting linebacker who goes out in the first series, you got Drake, uh, one of the more dynamic, uh, electric weapons on offense, he goes out and then your starting center, uh, one of the more critical line positions, he goes out and is brought in with. Uh, you know, re- replaced, you know, uh, with uh, Bradley Bose. I'm glad he got a little run earlier in the season when we brought him when, in with the starters. That just, uh, that seemed very fortuitous given that he, he had to come in in this situation, game on the line. But you take a center, you know, who's, who's making the line calls, uh, you bring him in, not just in a, hey, let's try to get you some snaps because that'll be cool, but you bring him in in, in a game on the line type situation, um, I think it can limit what you do. Maybe it can limit some of your blocking schemes. Maybe it can limit what you're trying to do on offense uh, because he has, you know, maybe his deficiencies uh, because, you know, he's a backup first first time getting some extended play there. If you don't recognize those as reasons uh, rather than excuses, then uh, you know there, there's something there's something to be said about that. But yeah, I think that was a I think that was a big loss. It did cost us some timeouts. Those things can be valuable to have uh, late later in a ball game. And so anytime you expend uh, those types of currencies uh, unnecessarily, yeah, it can it can cost you later in a ball game. Hey, what did you what did you what did you think about the uh, the interception um, thrown at the end of the game by Blake? You know, I really respect the fact that he came out and said that's on me. He said I saw the double coverage. I saw the second guy coming over. I tried to force it there. Didn't need to do that. Once again, I, I think that's just what you get from a quarterback in Game Five of his career on the road for the first time versus a seasoned quarterback who's already been chewed out by Nick Saban years past and knows not to do it. But I respect him for coming out and saying, Hey, didn't have to take that shot there. Didn't need to do that. Well, you know, I think, I think there's a couple of different things there on, on that. I think that, 
uh, that's a play that's easy to judge in hindsight. Uh, you know, we saw uh, McCarron in Penn State and, you know, his first drill start, uh, uh, you know, he threw the ball through a couple of windows. Uh, I, I'll probably still never forget the, the catch of Michael Williams where it looked like it just went through a defender. It's just, you know, it looked uh, such an like an, an impossibly tight window. Uh, and, and that's a play that, you know, probably he shouldn't have thrown that ball, but, uh, but he did. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so, he, and so, you know, it's easy to kind of look at this in hindsight and you could, you could reason that a quarterback and, you know, I'll just say McCarron again, you could, you could reason that he could look at that a young McCarron could look at that situation and say, yeah, that's a tight window, but I can do that. And, uh, that Blake Sims, um, not a young quarterback, in the same way, but certainly a young relative to starting where he, he may have thought, yep, that's a tight window, but I can make that. Maybe his arm isn't as strong, or maybe, you know, sometimes you throw in the tight windows and you don't get it. So I think it was a good play call. We were having some success moving the ball. Let's take a strike where maybe they think we're going to still be methodical. Uh, I think that he had so much want to uh, in that pass that maybe he pulled the trigger when, uh, when he shouldn't have. thought it was a good play call. Clearly, the execution uh, isn't what you'd want there, and I wonder if it's uh, I wonder if it's too easy to grade that in hindsight. Oh no, no. I, I what I'm trying to say is I respect the fact he said I made his quote was Yeah, I saw him. I made the wrong decision. He did make the wrong decision. He should not have thrown that ball into double coverage to OJ Howard. You maybe get away with it if it's Amari Cooper because he can just do magical things. But yes. Sure. That ball should not have been thrown there, period. And I respect the guy for coming out and saying, that's on me. I, I thought that yeah, was and that, cool. Yeah, yeah, and that, and, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to count. I'm, I'm glad you kind of took us back there because I think you have to give him uh, – you have to respect, you know, like you said, you have to respect him owning that. Uh, every time he has had the opportunity – now, this is the first time we've lost a game. But every time he's had an opportunity to say, this is on me – that's my mistake. I've got to do better. I've got to improve. I mean, he, he has the right mentality. There's a part of me that, that wishes maybe he was just a redshirt sophomore because the ownership that he's taking and, uh, and the progress that we have seen from him uh, and the ownership that he's taking over circumstances, you know, makes you wonder, well, what could he be if he was introduced to, to Kiffin a couple years ago? And I've read, you know, a couple of interesting articles where, you know, Kiffin actually tried very, very hard to recruit him to Tennessee. Uh, and in fact, he did, uh, Sims decommitted from us to commit to Tennessee. And like the next day, uh, Kiffin was offered and accepted the USC job. So, you know, some things are kind of ironic how they, how they come back around. Uh, Blake Sims was never going to be a quarterback at Alabama until uh, Lane Kiffin comes back to town. So sometimes, sometimes you know, fact is is uh, more interesting than fiction. No, absolutely. Hey, any anything else that jumped out at you on offense? Were you were you surprised that uh, that Leon Brown took a seat after his penalties and didn't play the fourth quarter? Well, you know, we seem to have been rotating. You know, he's, he seems to do something frequently to get him parked. And then, you know, and then so we'll go to uh, to Taylor, and then he'll do something to get himself parked. And they just, uh, I, you know, they're like the Doghouse Brothers or something. They're like a tag team Doghouse team at uh, at that uh, guard position. Uh, one of them will get a penalty to bring the other one in, and he'll play until 
you know, the next game and he gets the penalty or something. There, there's, uh, there's some weird relate. There's a strange relationship going on there. I'll say that. Well, I just, I thought it was key because right after Ole Miss gets their garbage touchdown to make it fourteen to ten after that last drive we just talked about, we, we had it first and ten at their nineteen yard line. Uh, I'm sorry, then second and six at the fifteen, and that's when he had his false start call on Leon. And so I just thought it was interesting in that moment that he brings him out, he brings in Alfonso, knowing that we've already got no Ryan Kelly. So you bring in a, your second backup in the middle of that offensive line. I just thought that was an interesting to, to bring him in when you've already got your backup center in there. Now you got two young guys next to each other. Well, and, and you know, Alfonso started some this year too. So I I wouldn't consider him a young guy in the same way that I would consider Bozeman a young guy. But you do have, you know, two two rotate you know, two uh you know, guys that didn't start the ball game in there. I will, you know, that's definitely something that uh, that's interesting. You know, I wanna go back and, and just highlight and I, you know, we'll highlight, you know, an opponent, you know, where it's appropriate, right? But uh on that interception, uh you know, there's a little me that just a little bit of me that just gives the tip of the cap to uh, uh, the defender who caught that. Uh, you know, just barely in bounds. Uh, that same quiz, uh, Golson, and uh, you know, Tommy, we talked about this during the game. He's the, he is the defensive back uh, that was really just victimized uh, by Trent Richardson and, and just one of his magical runs. You know, Golson almost had Trent, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, stuck with the play and then was just juke out of his, you know, jockstrap, you know, at the three yard line before Trent scored. And, you know, we were doing the podcast back then and we talked about that being a phenomenal play, but we gave hats off to that guy, uh, to Golson for sticking with the play. And the fact that he had the opportunity to get beat by Trent twice on the same play, about 60 yards between the times that he got beat, that that really spoke to his resilience and, and that, uh, you know, he showed some tenacity there that would go on and, and maybe serve him well in his career. Unfortunately, that had to come back in, uh, in, in the person of an interception there where, where maybe we still had uh, something that could have got us on the scoreboard. So hats off to him. Darn it. Yeah. Um. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, man. I don't think I could have been a big enough person to to give him kudos on that, but I I understand where you're going with that. Any anything else? Uh, anything else on offense you got there? No, I don't think so. Give me your mini game ball on offense. You know, I, that's just that's just tough on this game um, because there's there's really there's really no there's really no mini game ball performances. Um, as far as non-headline guys, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and hmm, I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to Chris Black because he still qualifies as a mini game ball. Um, I wish he'd have gotten more opportunities. I wish he'd have been in there late in the game. I think he's not getting enough chances. Um, but he had two catches, two balls were thrown his way. He caught both balls thrown his way, and um, he. He, uh, he continues to work himself into the offense. And so while it wasn't a big stat line, I'm going to give it to Chris Black. That's fair. And, and what that does is it really speaks to – it really emphasizes the question, well, why is he not given the opportunity? Because every time he, he, he goes in, you know, you know and he's not lighting up the stat sheet, but every time he goes in, he makes – 
you know, he makes his catches. Uh, and so if catches everything times, thrown his way, right. Yep. If he's targeted two times, he has two catches. Uh, and, uh, and so it, it kind of begs the question, why isn't he given uh, a little more of an opportunity? Uh, and I, you know, I think that's a, that's a fair pick. I'm going to go with, um, you know, and, and I, maybe you could reason it, that this isn't, uh, this guy's too big for a, a mini game ball, but you know, I, I'm giving it to Cam Robinson, the offensive lineman. I, you know, I don't know if an offensive lineman is ever too too big for a mini game ball, but you know, we had a lot of success running over to the left. We drove the ball, you know, running to the left, and that really speaks. You know, he's a true freshman. That really speaks to uh, you know his development, his performance, and uh, uh, I, that is one thing I can walk away from this game with excited about. Uh, you know, we still have some, you know, obviously a lot of talent and some young guys that are con- going to continue to grow and develop and learn from an opportunity like this. And, you know, Cam Robinson may be a guy that's on that list for me. No, I think he did play a pretty good game. There there was a couple lapses there from, from him in spots, but he's a true freshman. He definitely played uh, – play, definitely had more, more uh, you know, don't know what he graded out, but I'm sure he graded out in the in the mid '90s for sure in that ball game. Hey, let me uh, before I let you before we, when we flip the field to defense, let me let me jump in first if I can and and, and just talk about something on defense. I want to I want to tie to what we were just talking about on that offensive drive because going back to those three or four plays being so critical, um, I, I think those couple plays that cost us that missed field goal followed that up with some defensive lapses. And so if you put those four, if you put those three plays on Alabama offense and the next three plays on Alabama defense, that's what's cost them the ball game. And so they get to start the ball off on the 34-yard line because we've now missed a field goal. First and 10, uh, Bo Wallace gets uh, ran out of bounds by Xavier Dixon for a loss of two yards. Good job, Xavier Dixon. And then on the very next play, he completes a pass. So very next play, he completes his 50-yard bomb to a tight end to the 18-yard line. And so I'm sorry, it wasn't six plays that cost us the game. It was five plays. On that second down play, we have got Maurice Smith on the right side in the slot covering nobody. We have got Tony Brown and Nick Perry over here to cover two of the three, four uh, receivers in the bunch formation. And we've got Trey Dupree standing behind Reggie Raglan at linebacker position. So he's not over in front of the tight end in the slot. He's behind Reggie Raglan. And when the ball is snapped, the tight end just runs right past him. He tries to go and, and hold him and get a pass interference, and he can't grab his jersey. And he proceeds to just go down the field Nick Perry notices it when it's too late, and so does Landon Collins. And 50 yards later, he gets tackled at the 18-yard line. And so that one little lapse right there, did they mean for Trader Priest to cover the the slot? I don't think so because Mari Smith was covering nobody. And so when you go back and watch that on the on the highlight, that's just so frustrating. Yeah, no, that that, that very much is. You know, there was another uh, you know, another time where they had the slot receiver, and in fact, they had uh, three receivers on one side, and and we only had one, uh, you know, one cornerback over there, and you know, somehow, 
uh, you know, somehow Ole Miss called a timeout there. Uh, why they didn't recognize that they have two open receivers is absolutely beyond me. But uh, we were fortunate on that play, not so fortunate on, on the others. You know, I think, and we can talk a lot about uh, a lot about the defense. There's just a couple of points that really stick out to me, and my biggest point on on defense. Uh, I've seen some some press for Landon Collins is is uh, getting some negative press. Uh, you know, was out of position a couple times, and I agree he was. But look, here's my interpretation of of that situation. It starts at linebacker. And we talked about this in the preseason that that, that may be our most suspect uh, position on the defense. Losing to C.J. Mosley, we've got a lot of names, we've got a lot of talent, but we don't have the talent uh, that's ready to play that's any anywhere similar to, to what C.J. Mosley was. And so we've got two linebackers out there, Trey DePriest and Reggie Ragland, who are good linebackers, uh, but they're they're especially good linebackers, you know, circa 2004. But in today's uh, defense, you know, predicated on how offenses are played, where the linebacker needs to needs to have coverage skills. It's not a nice to have; it's a need to have. They are attack the box uh, inside, you know, middle linebackers. And what I think uh, is happening is they're getting beat over the top. And we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Well, what does what do you do then, right? You it's it's like when you injure yourself and, and you have a compensating injury, right? Because other muscle groups try to compensate for the for the, for the sort of the injury there, if you will. And so what do you what do you get? You get Landon Collins playing more towards the box and you get Landon Collins not peeking in the backfield to stop the run, because the linebackers can do that. He is leaning to the inside route coverage. And so he's not trying to do their job and tackle the runner. He's trying to do their job and uh, defend the underneath passes. And he's leaning the wrong way and then gets beat up pop because then he's not doing his job as free safety. Well, I hear what you're saying, okay, um, on most plays. But just like I was calling it straight on Blake Sims, let's do the same here, Okay. Blake Sims is the quarterback of your offense. Trader Priest is your veteran quarterback of your defense. So I'm going to yep. rank. I'm going to rank who screwed that play up. I got three guys in in the row. First is Trader okay. Priest. You are the quarterback. You are the signal caller. That falls on you. Second, Nick Perry. You are a fifth year senior, and you are back there covering the second guy in the bunch. You can clearly. See that that Maurice Smith is over there by himself, and then third will be the other safety, Landon Collins, because Landon Collins is on the other side of the field, and currently he's over there with two DBs, and they're covering one wide receiver. So I'm going to put Landon third on that list, but he's over there behind Maurice Smith in the slot covering nobody, and he's over there behind Cyrus Jones covering one wide receiver. So between Trey DePriest and then Nick Perry and Landon Collins, somebody should have saw that nobody was on that third guy. Well, and that's a lot of experience, too. Uh, you know, Trey DePriest is a fourth-year senior. Nick Perry's a, a you know, a fifth-year. And, you know, Landon Collins is, is, is a junior. But, um, you know, which, <laughs> you know, it's a junior, right? And so that's, he's, it's his third year in. And so that is, that is a mighty lot of experience. 
to have, you know, what is that, 12 years of experience? That's a lot of experience back there, uh, you know, amongst those three guys to have those types of lapses. And and I'm and like I said, I'm I'm trying to rank it in order, right? Because Trader Pierce is the is the captain, right? He's the quarterback of the defense, so it falls on him first. But you and I couldn't see it as well because we were on t- we watching on TV, right? But if we had been in the stadium and we had seen one receiver out wide to the left, and we had seen two cornerbacks and a safety over the top, what would we have been screaming? We would have been screaming sure. to the other side before the play called. We, we, we would have seen that yeah. Trey wasn't going to get to that guy <laughs> before the play was ever snapped. Now, yeah, is yeah. it one well, play? Are they human? Yes, they're human. It's one play. But damn, that one play came at a bad time. No, it did. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, a lot about the touchdown that, that really was the go-ahead touchdown that they scored where I, I really do think they caught Landon leaning uh, towards the underneath route. I think I do, you know – I. I think both can be true, right? You, we can talk about the the play that uh, that you're kind of tagging for us, and and then you know the play that uh, that really stood stood out to me. Their go ahead touchdown. Uh, I think it had a lot to do with uh, our, you know, and we're kind of landing on the same point. We're just approaching it differently. I I think what continues to be a deficiency on our defense is our linebacker linebacker's ability to cover. Oh, it is. Um, team, I don't think teams have actually gone after that as much as they could have so far. Absolutely, absolutely not as much as they could have. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I think they, I, you know, man, if I were playing us, would uh, I, would I would throw it to the tight end eight times if I was playing against us. Absolutely, I, you know, put your track shoes on tight end. We're going after you, and uh, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna run as many tight ends today as we've got because, uh, you know, there's yards to be had back there. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what the fix for that is, right? You know, we know that we have some very good athletic, uh, we really went after, uh, you know, athletic, uh, capable linebackers, but they're also young. And so, you know, there's part of me that says, well, they're too young to really get out there and play. But then there's a part of me that says, well, you know, T.J. Mosley was out there, and, you know, we were hailing his play very early in his freshman season. And so you think, well, you know, maybe we just got to put one of these guys out there. Maybe we've just got to give it a try. Or do we just go to a lot more nickel and dime? Do, just, do we just see a lot more dime this season uh, to provide that over-the-top, uh, you know, and it's not really over-the-top, but it's over, like, the, the middle middle of the field uh, coverage with some coverage there. Do we just go to a lot of dime or do we bring out a young guy? Well, you and I've talked about this ad nauseum. We've said either we were going to see a guy like a Rashawn Evans brought in to, to, to give that try to as the single linebacker, because what we did when CJ was here is CJ was the single linebacker in that situation. So what I'm yep. confused by is you've got second and 14 because they've lost four yards. They come out in a four wide, and you come out with both Reggie Raglan and Trey DePriest. When they show they have not run the ball effectively at all. So now it's an obvious passing situation, and you and I have said either bring in an athletic linebacker or we've said put Landon Collins in the box, right? We even talked a couple yeah. weeks ago about one of the things we saw Bama do 
was put Landon Collins next to the linebacker, and he just ran with the tight end. Well, guess what? If you would have just had a Geno Smith or a Landon Collins five yards off the ball in the box, he could have ran with the tight end. But instead, yep. you put the safeties. Tw- I mean, I just don't understand why the safeties were 25 yards off the ball on second and 14, and they come out in a four-wide formation. Why do you have right. two linebackers in and a four-wide formation? That makes no sense. Well, and especially those two linebackers, because they are you know, more of a, a, a traditional middle linebacker uh, a run stuffing middle linebacker, not what you need on, on not what you need. You don't need two of them. Yes. On, but it's a, you know, it's second and and 14 It's second and 14. It's an obvious passing situation. I mean, right. look at this man. Their starting running back had 11 carries on the day for 39 yards. Right. That's all he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you on that. So, you know, we don't need, we can take away some of our attention to the run uh, because guess what? They're probably not going to do it and right. we could probably, but anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, just, just uh, drives me crazy, man. Those couple, those, cause that drive right there, they scored on a four play drive. And so the media is going to come back and say, oh, they did all this. No, they didn't. They had a busted play, got 50 yards, and then they picked on our true freshman, Tony Brown. The kid, he threw to his back shoulder. He made a good play, scored a 10-yard touchdown. Big deal. Biggest thing they did was that 50-yard play. Anything yeah. else that jumps out at you on def- on the defensive side of the ball? You you mentioned Tony Brown, and so I you know I think that uh, you know I want to talk about him. That was you know he got a, a you know a lot of extended action, and they they were really after him. And I thought it was clever that the way they went after him, they did a lot of back shoulder, a lot of back shoulder. And you know one thing you know, and I've heard Chris Carter talk about this, uh, you know NFL Hall of Famer, right? And he's talked about it's really hard for a defensive back to defend, and in fact it's impossible for a defensive back to defend two routes at the same time. And that's really what the back shoulder gives you. Uh, you know, you got to cover over the top, uh, which frees you for the back shoulder. Or if you stay in his back pocket, then the corner can beat you over the top. And so I think they really went after him. You know, you're not you're not going to go broke making a profit, right? And so every time Laquan Treadwell would sort of drive the field and then get the back shoulder and get you know six, seven, eight yard yards every time they got that back shoulder, you can move the ball down the field. And so you're not giving anything away to get those back shoulders. But then what you buy is Tony Brown cheating on the back shoulder, and then you can beat him over the top. And we had that happen as well. So it's you know it's easy to kind of look at man, Tony Brown had a really bad day. Tony Brown had a freshman learning how to play SEC defense is what Tony had. And I think that uh, he's got that experience and he's got that game tape. I think he's going to improve from that performance. And I think it's, I think it's super critical that, uh, that, you know, we recognize and appreciate he had a rough day, but he's going to get better for it. He will get better for it. I also want to touch on the fact that I was surprised that we didn't see more Geno Smith in this ball game. Oh, yeah. I, I I know I know um you know I know Nick Perry was back after after Spotty you know sitting out the first half the, of the previous game and playing you know some in the second half but 
I really thought we'd see more dime situation, Gino covering the slot or Gino helping in the back. And um, instead, we saw Maury Smith. I thought Maury Smith played as much as Gino. And and once again, you and I feel like Gino is one of our more versatile guys. And uh, I just didn't understand why he wasn't on the field more. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I am surprised that we're at this stage of the season and we've not really seen any big plays from Gino. Uh, part of that is he's not playing as much as I thought he would or should. Uh, I think we saw Derek on the field, which probably cuts into Gino's uh, playing time a little bit. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I, I think Gino is a guy you put out there and you let him, you know, over the course of the ball game and multiple ball games, you let him make plays because he's going to bail you out. Uh, more times than not, and so it'll be interesting to see uh, see how that shakes out. Hey, any anything else from you on defense? You know, I you know I want to give a nod to a couple players, but I've got one of them circled for my mini game ball, and I'm bet you've got the other one circled. So uh, we can go to mini game ball unless uh, unless you've got something. No, that's fine. I was going to do the same. I just figured we'd cover this in mini game ball. So so mine is. Uh, I know who yours is going to be as well, but mine's going to be Xavier Dixon, um, yep. which you could have guessed that. Um, Denzel Duvall goes down very early. Xavier Dixon is uh, asked to play a considerable, uh, you know, considerable more snaps than than he's accustomed to playing. And whenever uh, Denzel first went down, you and I made the comment, Xavier Dixon, it's time for you to have a day. Well, I'm sorry. The boy had five solos. He had one assist three and a half tackles for loss and two sacks. And so, uh, you know, I'm just really happy to see that, uh, that, you know, coach says when a guy gets hurt, next guy's number is called. Well, his number was called and he said, coach, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he absolutely performed, uh, at that level, you know, and, and so I, I, I did predict, you know, who, who you were going to go with. You probably do know who I'm going to go with. If I were to say who is the most, uh, I think underrated uh, performer on our team right now. Uh, to me, it's Cyrus Jones, and so he gets he gets my mini game ball. You know, he he's another guy. You you rattled off uh, uh, Xavier's stats. You know, you could do the same for Cyrus. You know, t- uh, you know, three tackles, a tackle for loss, a fumble, fumble recovery. Uh, you know, for a touchdown, he had two pass breakups. Which is uh, is significant. He was flagged uh, at one point. I, I don't even think he gets. Man, he gets some of the worst flags I think we've seen all season. If we put a reel together of the flags that he's gotten this season, it's just outrageous. Some of the, some of the horrid calls uh, that he's had uh, made against him. He's just a guy that no one thought of, and you know, color us in this, you know, in these lines too at, at different times that uh, just didn't think that he had a long-term uh, future or potential at this position. But uh, one thing you can't do is get him off the field right now. And uh, I think he continues to grow and to develop. He's only 5'10", so he's an inviting target uh, for uh, opposing teams to go after. But he just seems to continue to acquit himself uh, well. And uh, I'm going to continue to salute him as long as he's doing that. Well, I, I will tell you that um... – I, uh, you know, he, he definitely got away with, you know, with the face mask. Glad that was called. He did. Um, we got all that. He did. He absolutely did. I'm also going to say just, just keeping it real that 
you know, I think they picked on the true freshman more. And so I don't think he got as many opportunities uh, because I can't, you know, somebody covered it and they said something like they went after Tony eight times versus two or three for Cyrus. But when they did go Cyrus's way, yeah, yeah. So, but I only think they went after him three or four times in the whole game. And so when they did go after him, you know, he made the play. And the play on that fumble, when he made that play in the beginning, at the end of the first half, I really thought that was going to put the dagger in them. And so that was that was a huge play that he made. Well, the guy that I thought you were going to say was Reggie Raglan. And so we got to we got to we got to put him in here real quick because you and I saw him make some very physical hits on guys. And uh, he just made some of those punishing tackles that you like to see your middle linebacker do. And uh, I just think he was flying to the ball pretty nicely on a couple hits in this ball game. Going downhill and attacking the box, absolutely. He was laying the wood a couple times on a couple of those hits. Oh yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just in coverage though, our middle linebackers are, are you know, we need help. We need help at linebacker uh, in, in the pass pattern. And, and you know, there was a day, uh, you know, not that many years ago. Where that would not that would not have mattered. The idea of dropping a uh, a linebacker in coverage was more was more of um, you know fancy defensive play rather than a prereq for the position. Uh, it was more defensive creativity than a prereq to play. And uh, you know now it's it's critical. You have to have it. And we have linebackers that. Uh, probably would have made better names for themselves 10 years ago than they are today, even though they are playing very well. Yeah, we just – they're first and second down linebackers. Enough said. Yeah. They just don't need to be on the field in, in, in obvious passing situations. It's just – I mean, it's there nothing that's, against that's, them. They just they, – third and long, they don't need to be in there kind of deal. Yep. No, hey, you're um, right. That's the way of saying it. Let, let's talk special teams, man. Let, let, I'm going to pitch you a softball, okay? Because I know you're ready to like hit it as hard as you can. Okay, Christian Jones had three kickoffs that he fielded. Three of the four in the game. One of them, he took a knee in the end zone. One, he fields the ball and, and fields it at the three, so he's got to run forward with it. And one, he fields at the 14 and runs with it. You got to start there, right? Why, why, why do we, why, why, and that's not even counting the one that should have gone out of bounds. So what, what'd you think about, um, thus bringing in Cyrus Jones there at the end of the ball game to, uh, replace Chris John Jones on the kickoff return? Well, I, I, I legitimately wonder, uh, if Chris John's going to hold on to that job. Um, you know, it's easy to tag the fumble. It's absolutely 100% easy to tag the fumble, and you need to tag the fumble because if he doesn't fumble the, the ball game there, uh, we win. That's as real as, as you get. He never should have He never should have had an opportunity to fumble the ball because, and look, this is, this is my thing, right? He never should have fielded the damn thing. Uh, he had to run towards the sideline to catch it, and he caught it at the eleven. There right is at a, the sideline, yes. It, there is a tremendous, tremendous you, – you have to play percentages. You have to. Uh, and there is a tremendous high percent that that ball goes out of bounds. And so what I say, they'll give it to you at the 25. Man, order now, and we'll give you the 35. I mean, if that ball goes out of bounds, we get it at the 35. David, we give it to you at the 35, right? 
and now the game is definite. Now you definitely have the upper hand, right? Sure. So I, I, just, I, 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 I think I just don't understand why he keeps taking these balls out of the end zone, and uh, I just don't understand why the mentality is. <laughs> I can always get it past the 25. I can always get it past the 25. No, you can't always get it past the 25. We're not seeing it. I mean, we're not seeing if we went and looked at our average drive start, you know, it wouldn't be 35 or 42 or 38. You know, it would be 25, 26, 24, you know, kind of in that ballpark. And so your average drive, drive start is where they give it to you anyways. And so why risk an injury? Why risk a turnover? Why risk? Oh, those things never happen until they do, and they cost you a ball game. Well, and, and to keep it real again, maybe after his first successful one, right, he just felt like, well, today is my day. Because the very first kick, they kick it to the three-yard line. He returns it 38 yards to the 41-yard line. Opening kickoff. Okay? It's so not, maybe he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe he said, oh, I got this one 38 yards. I'm going to keep returning them. It's not like he hasn't had success. I mean, you know, in all fairness, he has had success uh, returning uh, the kicks. And so, you know, there's a little bit of an art. There's a little bit of science to when do you return it and when do you don't. You know, when the ball clearly, clearly is going to go into the end zone, I mean, hell, you're returning it out of the end zone. I mean, Take you're almost having, you know, you're almost having to dodge stepping out of bounds to catch the ball. You know, the ball is going to go out of bounds, and they're going to give it to you. Uh, you know, heck, almost in your midfield, um, and you take that. That is free money. You do not go out of business making a profit. And when they will give it to you at the twenty-five, they'll give it to you at the thirty-five. You take it. You take it. The whole thing about you know, say, you know the. You know, Saban's, uh, you know, philosophy on offense and, uh, you know, for the longest time has been just take what the defense gives you, take what the defense gives you. Well, hell, the officials will give you this. I, I don't know why you don't take it. And, 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 you know, and I hate to kind of just pile on one guy, but, you know, you spotted when we watched the, the replay of the opening kickoff because we wanted to see, well, how is it that Adam Griffith kicked the ball, barely went, you know, Knuckleball. 15 yards off the ground, and and it you know it looked like a waffle floating through the air. You know how does how does he do that so atrociously? And so we went back and watched it again, and they you know we had to have a guy uh, hold the ball because it kept blowing off the tee. So it just happened to was Christian Jones, and he went all you know peanuts and uh, you know took his finger off the ball a full second before. Uh, Adam had a chance to kick the ball. And so when you think a ball on, is on a tee and it's leaning backwards, it's got backwards lean, or when you're holding it and then he took his, his finger off the ball, I mean, it's it's going to it's gonna fall one direction or another. And it looked like he was kicking a ball that had a forward lean or a sideways lean rather than really a true stand-up or even a little backwards lean. And so he didn't want to get his finger uh, kicked. And so, you know, that's that's what that's what messes us up there. And what that really speaks to is are we getting the level, you know, saving attention to detail. Everything's a process, everything's detail, everything's, you know, you know, I's dotted and T's crossed. Are we not getting that same level of attention on special teams? Uh because you've gotta know that. and you've you've gotta practice. 
dude, it's not going to hurt your finger. He's not going to kick your finger. You know, I, I mean, I remember in grade school, I would hold the ball and, and not want to, uh, and, and remove my hand. And, you know, as my fellow third graders were telling me, it's not going to, you know, no one's kicking your finger. You're not going to hurt your finger. You're not going to hurt your hand. And so to see, you know, a, 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 you know, a junior or senior, uh, you know, in college do that is just, oh, man, you know, are we not getting that same level of attention in special teams that we're getting in other aspects of the game? It, 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 it forces me to wonder that. It does force you to wonder. And that line drive kick that only went to the seven allowed him to return it 54 yards to our 39-yard line to start the ball game. So sure. you're on the road, and they get the ball to the 39, and you just gave them three points to start the game. Yes, exactly. Exactly. They were very, very quickly in field goal position as, as a result of that. And in fact, now, you know, I, you know, I'll give a little bit of credit. Once the decision to take your finger off the ball has been made and the kick is bad, you know, you gotta, you gotta evaluate differently from there. Uh, Christian did go on to actually make the, the, what would have been a touchdown saving tackle. Uh, and, and there's a part of me that just wonders, did he know that he had flubbed up? Oh crap. That was a bad kick, a low line drive kick. Our coverage team doesn't have the chance to get down the field. So they're getting this return and I know it's my fault. So I damn well better tackle him. You know, there's a part of me that's like, you know, (laughs) yes, I better be the one to save this touchdown because this touchdown's on me. And there's a, you know, you wonder, is that something that uh, was going through his mind? Hey, let's talk about a couple more things. There's unfortunately lots to talk about on special teams today. Um, I want to pitch you another softball. So, you know, you, you said you wanted to see our, our, our punter punt, man. Well, you got your wish, right? He had, he had six punts on the game. Um, talk a little bit about that punt at the end of the second half and, and what we heard the commentators talk about right there for uh, Cyrus's big play. Well, and that was, that was just beautiful because he was punting from, you know, well deep in, in our territory. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, there was 50, we stopped and watched it and, and, and listened to the commentators and, and it was a point of emphasis while we were watching it. There's 51 seconds uh, in half at that time. And so oh, you I'm think, sorry. He was, at, you know, I'm sorry, David. Hey, David, he was at our 18, man. I'm sorry. He's at our 18 okay. yard line when he punted. See, there you go. So deep, deep in our territory. And look, we've seen, we've been to Alabama games where we'll flub a punt and then give the, the opponent an opportunity to, to get a field goal or uh, even, even score a touchdown. And so, you know, what you need to do there is just put the tar out of the ball, flip the field, go to half. And so he just skyrocketed that ball. And, you know, say whatever you want to about Vernon Lequist and Gary Danielson. Uh, I don't think they're as bad as some people think, but that's fine. But one thing you can argue with is those guys have seen a lot of football. They have absolutely seen a lot of football. They have forgotten more football than the average person will we'll know. And that's, there's just a reality to that. Um, and as soon as he booted that ball, Vern just goes, Oh my. And Gary Danielson, you know, said, well, there's halftime. Uh, Cause 
you know, that we, he so flipped the field. You know, it was a 60-plus yard uh, kick. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. It was phenomenal. And, you know, Cyrus Jones uh, on that next, you know, their first play, they, you know, they kind of pitch it out. And, he, look, it, make no bones about it. It was a face mask. Should have, could have been flagged. All right, so let's be very realistic. But it wasn't. And we've had good calls go for us. We've had calls go against us. And so, you know, that calculus over time balances out. And so we got a touchdown there. And for is, is you know, and the point that I made when we were watching it was if there's any way to credit a punter with a touchdown, J.K. Scott needs to be credited with that touchdown. You know, Coach hunt, hunted him down on the sideline to give him, you know, an attaboy. Uh, that's the type of, you know, you do the little things, you play through the end of the play. You don't, you know, don't leave, you know, so the same thing we're talking about, are we getting this level of attention on, on, you know, and, and detail on special teams? Well, this is a player and, and a, a unique ability that he has that allows us, uh, to maximize, right? Because so many times we would have just hoped that the other team doesn't get an opportunity for a field goal here. We, we pin them back and actually got an opportunity for a touchdown, I just, I mean, I could keep going, but gosh, this kid. Now, look, I want to see him punt. I didn't want to see six in a ball game, but um, man, he was pretty impressive. And his average on the day, Tommy, was six punts, and he had a shank. He had an absolute stinker. He had a 33 yarder. And so, including the 33 yarder, he averaged almost 52 yards. No, that that is phenomenal, and 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 when I jumped, the reason I jumped in a minute ago on that yardage was just to um, was just to state that we were at our eighteen, and his sixty-four yard punt put him to their eighteen. Isn't that yeah. just flipping the field in the true sense of the word? <laughs> Going from our yeah. eighteen to their eighteen? Are you kidding me? And yeah. um, later in that half, he had a uh, he had a sixty yarder uh, when we were at our five yard line. So, and you know, it, when we're, when we're sitting here, David, and we are, um, we're sitting here up 17 to 10 in the fourth quarter and he punts from his five yard line after that, uh, delay of game, it's a 60 yarder. I mean, really? So I, I just, I wanted to spend a few minutes from that because this kid's just fun to watch. Hey, I, I want to talk about Adam Griffith for a second. Um, he only got to attempt three field goals on the game. Unfortunately, there's a lot, a lot on special teams to cover here. All three of these were in the second half. You know, he makes a 44-yarder. He misses a 51. He misses a, a 46. I think this kid's a good kicker. I think that's a lot to ask of a kicker that all three of his attempts are at 44 yards or greater. Yes. We talked earlier why that's the case. We talked earlier about you can't get lost yards there. You can't have penalties here. I think they set him up for failure. They put him in a very difficult situation. It goes back to, you know, and, and I, I wonder if you disagree or, or, or agree, but it, it's so, it so reminds me of that LSU game where we were outside of the range of our short kicker. Uh, it, you know, at that time we had the two, right? And so we were outside of Shelley's range, and so we had to, uh, you know, kind of let Cade do it and it was a younger Cade and he wasn't nearly as accurate as how he finished his career and uh, um, you know it, it put us in situations where we had scoring opportunities scoring drives and and we couldn't capitalize and it just so felt like that 
uh, in, in the Ole Miss team. Oh, I would, I would agree with you. Um, for all the reasons that you just stated, it just, um, I just wanted to address it because it was like, you know, he didn't have any chip shots. He didn't have any gimmies. And this kid's made several field goals on the season already from over 40 yards. And um, I just hate it for him that it went the way. I don't want, you know, one player does not get this loss. Blake Sims does not get this loss. Adam Griffith does not get this loss. You know, none of one player gets this loss. So uh, I just wanted to point that out. No, and, and you know, and as harsh as, as maybe I was a minute ago, I don't I don't put the loss solely at the feet of Christian Jones either. I, it was Correct. a team loss. It was a team loss. There was there was you know there are more than one different things that we could have done uh, to w- to win this game. You know, we lost. I want to give Ole Miss credit, but I don't want to. I you know, I don't want to just categorically say that oh well they're just a better team and we just lost to a better team. I think no. that's sort of. I think that's faulty analysis too. If we paid them, if we played them ten more times, I don't think they'd beat us eight times, right? No. And that's what a superior team would do. They're not a superior team, uh, you know, of that category. Would we split? No, I don't even think we'd split. You know, I think that we would. I think we are the better team. If we played ten times, we'd beat we'd them six or seven times. I, yes. I mean, I believe that. Uh, that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean they're not a good team. That doesn't mean on any given day they can't beat us. Obviously, that's not true. Uh, but I think that we did enough uh, 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 to ourselves to prevent us to win. Uh, and then, you know, if you throw in the injuries, then that's a mighty lot to overcome. And, and we didn't. We didn't overcome it. No, this team's going to recover. You know, uh, I, I hearken back to the to the two years this team, you know, Alabama won a national championship with one loss. And uh, fortunately for us, there's a playoff system this year. If you're going to lose a game, it's better to lose one early. If you're going to lose a game, it's better to lose one when several other top 25 teams lose as well. And uh, I think this team's going to, you know, it's a it's a hokey it's a hokey phrase that's used, but this team is going to get better from this. We've got to, though. I mean, there's a lot. You know, we can just say it and hope it's true. Uh, we can say it and we can believe it. Uh, the the part the question mark that I would put on that uh, is: Are we going to get good enough? Uh, because uh, you know there you know Mississippi. I hate to say Mississippi State looks better than I don't know you know since Jackie Sherrill was was there back in you know back in the hell of a, was it the nineties? Uh, they you know when they, they they started the season ten and zero and. And they're looking every bit as good as, as they did at that time, and um, and then you know, and of course, there's Auburn, and um, you know, Tennessee's looked as good as they've looked in you know nearly a decade. So um, we've got we've got a lot of work to do. I'm not saying we can't get better, but phew, we've got a lot of work to do. We do, but but um, there there is still a there still is a path there. Um, that gets us to where we want to go. And oh, yeah. uh, I oh, think yeah. we're still yeah. going to see this team and, and play in the Georgia Dome a second time this season. Well, I want that to be true. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have to see some of that improvement. And so talking about team improvement, uh, uh, we face this Saturday, we're, we're going to go to town with uh, uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. And they're they're proving themselves to be one of the uh, more improved uh, teams in the in the conference as well. How do you think we stack up, and uh, what sort of prediction do you have for us against uh, the Razorbacks? 
You know, Arkansas is a team that gave uh, Auburn everything they wanted halfway through that ball game earlier this season. They were very good at running the ball, um, setting up the play action. Uh, fortunately, I think we are a defense that is set up to stop the run. And so I, I feel pretty good about how we match up because of uh, the way the way we play the run. And so I think this is going to be a game we're going to come out we're going to be ready for some redemption. Um, I think this is going to be a game where Arkansas is going to score some points. It's not going to be some of the lopsided victories that we've had in the past. Um, but I do see we're going to see something like a 31-10 to 10 ball game, 31-13. Um, I think we're going to pull away from this team in the second half and, and put an exclamation point on this victory. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think the way you set that up is, is, is about right. Uh, they – the things that they do, the things that they are going to want to do are the types of things that we're set up to, uh, to stop. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, we gave our linebackers a little bit of grief because uh, of what they can't do. What they can do is play a running team very, very well. And, uh, you know, Arkansas has, uh, has a tight end, uh, a very good tight end. And I think they're going to try to uh, attack that, uh, that part of the field if we do what we do, and you know, one of the things that Saban is kind of known for is taking away what you like to do. And if if you think about, we're going to put our linebackers in the box, and we're going to uh, attack your run, and then we're going to put a free safety uh, or safety on uh, that's going to kind of mirror and take away your tight end. If we can if we can successfully do those two things, I think we can put some stranglehold uh, on the Arkansas offense. And, uh, yeah, if they score 7, 10, 13 points, you know, I, I, can, I can still see that. But uh, if, if, we can, if we can play downhill at linebacker and we can put a safety on, on uh, their tight end, uh, I don't see them keeping up with us scoring. And, you know, upper 30s into the 40s might be something that, that, uh, that we could put on. You know, 31-13, I like sort of the – the, the geometry of that, maybe it's 38 to, to 13, maybe it gets up to 42, uh, depending upon how good of a day some of the, some of the youngsters have. But, um, yeah, I think this is a team we're going to feel, we're going to feel much better about our team a week from now, because we're going to have us seen, uh, us play someone that we match up very, very well against. Well, hopefully that is the case because of their ability to, to try to focus on the run. They are coming off a bye week. And so they're catching us at home after an open date. And so it sure. gives them two weeks to, to, to prep for us. You know, they, they last played a Texas A&M team that they had beaten and uh, let them get back in the game. They were up 28-14. They let them score 14 points in the fourth quarter and then lose in overtime. And so they, they, their only two true tests this year has been at Auburn and home against Texas A&M, and they were hanging in there through a half a ball game. So that's why I think we're yeah. going to see a team that gives us a slugfest early. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be ready to get back on the field uh, after knowing that they've uh, they kind of pissed away a game. They're going to be mad. They're going to be ready to fight, and they're going to see that we that uh, you know that we're not invincible, right? Because uh, they you know they're going to say, well, Fulham can do that. We can too. So they're going to give us a lot. You know, maybe maybe getting in the forties is is might be a bit much, but. Uh, I do think, you know, this is a team that we handle. I do think we add some points late. You know, maybe the 31 to 13 is, is the right 
the right for. But uh, I think it is going to be a slugfest. And, uh, you know, even if it is that type of score, uh, I think that I think it'll be one of those games where you can say the game was closer than the final score. No, absolutely. Well, I'm definitely ready to flip the page. I'm ready to stop talking about this last week, and I'm ready to uh, talk about a good victory here next week. Absolutely. Well, I will toast to that. Uh, and with that, hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Thanks for li- listening. Check us out on iTunes. And, hey, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we haven't yet gotten a review uh, this season, and uh, we'd love to see some authentic reviews. And uh, we'll call you out on the air if, uh, uh, if you do that for us. We'd greatly appreciate it. But, hey, this has been another uh, edition of the podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.